Welcome to episode 21 of In Touch with iOS, a podcast for sharing tips, apps, and gear for iPhone and iPad, along with related technologies that gets us using iOS in a fun, productive, and meaningful way. I am your host, David Ginsberg, and I am joined, as always, uh, with uh, Melissa Davis. How are you doing, Melissa? That's okay. You were going to say the lovely Melissa Davis. She is a lovely person, too. (laughs) How are you? It's okay. You don't have to save it for Valentine's Day. Oh, I'm hanging in there. I've been busy as usual. Yep, same here. Still playing and tinkering with stuff. I'm more working. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you've been busy. We we tried to do this a couple of days ago, but here we are. So that's good. Uh, It's it's good. Got lots of projects coming up and Apple related projects, which I'm excited about. But I'm not going to get into details of that. But uh, Mm. uh, but keeping uh, keeping busy. This is this time of year is always very busy in uh, in the enterprise world with new computers being released and having to replace old equipment. And so it, uh, it just continues on to keep me busy. So is it a cycle? Like, do you typically replace stuff around yeah. the, the new year? Uh, well, it, it's, it's the planning of it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it goes, it goes over through throughout, throughout the year. So I uh, will, uh, see how it goes and the, with new tablets and new computers that are out there, you know, the equipment gets old three, three, four years is usually about the, uh, the lifespan mm-hmm. of most equipment, uh, in the enterprise. So, We'll see how it goes. But uh, anyway, we've got a lot of great things to talk about today, uh, including the HomePod. And, and we'll give us give everybody our uh, our thinking on uh, that device. And I'm going to kind of start off saying it's... It's out there. we got to talk about it. It's out there, but we got to talk about <laughs> it. Uh, and lots of other stuff. Uh, so uh, why don't we just uh, start off right away and t- start talking about the HomePod. Um, I'm, I'm definitely going to tell you that... and and. I know probably people listening thinking, oh, yeah, he's going to buy it anyway. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not going to. I, I guarantee it. I will not <laughs> buy this new HomePod. I, it still doesn't count if your wife buys it, though. And she won't. Trust me. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, this is a – I kind of agree. I was going to kind of quote a article that was out on um, on Mac Observer. Our, our friend Dave Hamilton wrote uh, – that uh, the HomePod is a good beta test uh, for its release. It is releasing uh, on February 9th. Um, anybody that's pre-ordered it uh, will get it on February 9th. And I don't see anybody them breaking down the doors and not have it available. Mm-hmm. I think you go out there right now, I think you could still get it on February 9th. So. Yeah, I don't think you'll have to stand in the line too long, <clears throat> no, will you? <laughs> I, don't, I don't foresee it being a problem uh, getting one of these. Um, but uh, I... Uh, I definitely think it's a nice device. I think it's something that that, that Apple is is fun that, that that they decided to get into this market. I think it's a little late, honestly. I've been in the Amazon Echo ecosystem for quite a while since basically when it came out, and I think many people have. Um, it isn't more, a lot less money compared to what the, the Apple HomePod is, but I think the Apple HomePod is really aiming being aimed more towards being a music device, uh, more so than being an AirPlay or uh, you know, being a Bluetooth connected device. And I know that it doesn't support a lot of other devices besides Apple products, which is interesting, I find. Um, and you can you can uh, talk to Siri with it, and and it does allow it to, to play music. But I think it's for right now, at least my understanding is that you have to have an Apple Music subscription in order to uh, uh, to utilize some of the music. Uh, well, do we know yet? Are you able to ask it about the news and about the weather? And I don't think so. I don't think uh, any, not yet. A lot of Sports that stuff. Scores. Yeah, I mean, I think hmm. uh, it's uh, I think it's going to go through some of its paces. I mean, obviously, it's a device that can be updated with software, so. Uh, at mm-hmm. least when you do buy it, it is going to give those options to be able to do that. But I agree. I agree. This is this is a beta device. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I think it's, it's a neat very, device. Very, 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 very fancy speaker for audio files because right, the, right. the few people that have reviewed it, and we we have show note links to those articles. The few people that have reviewed it have said, "Yeah, the sound quality is amazing." That they don't, they don't, they do deliver on that. But yeah, function. I need function. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. If you go, if you go uh, to Apple's website to apple.com slash HomePod, I mean, it does show a really nifty device with the internals that shows the inside of it with uh, the six microphone array and it's got a seven tweeter array and the high excursion woofer and and the the eight eight, uh, chip that's uh, that Apple uses. So it's got a lot of boom to it. And I'll be, you know, I definitely will go into the store and take a listen to it. I want to just kind of, you know, see what it, what it's all about. Uh, you have but, to throw some questions at it, see if it'll answer yeah, any questions. Yeah. It is going to support the new AirPlay 2 um, uh, t- 
technology, which is for multiple rooms. Uh, AirPlay, which is the, we'll talk about in a little bit, is is uh, the way of being able to you know sync your devices to your Apple TV into, um, and that generally is your Apple TV is so being able to play uh, your devices through the Apple TV. Well, AirPlay Two is going to add um, the HomePod for that capability. But again, like I said, HomePod is going to only be a um, Apple only device. So I you know, find that to be interesting. Uh, being well, there. then that means you have to get multiple HomePods and put them in different rooms. That too. <laughs> that's going to that add up really quickly. It's very expensive. You know, I've got an Amazon Echo in in a bedroom and in other rooms, and uh, we're uh, able to use both of them. And they're not, they weren't that terribly expensive. I mean, the Echoes mm-hmm. are. Um, uh, you know, guys could get the, the the tall, the, the bigger speaker, which is like one hundred and fifty dollars. So mm-hmm. it's a lot less. Uh, but you know, again, Apple's not looking to to, to hit that market going uh, hard, as, as far as I can see. Uh, and uh, it uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting as it's it always is with any any Apple product that comes out for the first time. I think it's a wait and see kind of a thing right. for us mere mortals. I think that, you know, the people who can afford to throw money at this should go ahead and throw money at it and and put it through put it through its paces. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be excited for people who get it. And just like you, I mean, I don't have any plans on getting it. But right. if somebody gave me one, I wouldn't turn it down either um, because I like to tinker with stuff. Uh, but like I said, I mean, it, it's it's form over function right now. Right. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It looks great. It probably I believe it when people say it, that it sounds fantastic. But right. as far as my needs are concerned, I mean, I, I do I am picky about sound. I, I won't lie. I'm, I'm not I wouldn't consider myself necessarily an audiophile, but I'm one of those people where I we do have a surround sound you know system like we inherited it from my in-laws a long time ago. My father in law was an audiophile. And so he made he wanted to make sure like, no, my son's got to have a really good stereo system, you know. And so so we've always had that. And I'm not one of those people that just turns the volume up. No, I've got to go and I've got to tweak the left and the right and the front sure. and the rear. And depending on, you know, when we watch TV we'll put the kids to bed and then we go in the living room and we watch, you know, the game of Thrones or something, you know, really scary. And, and I have to, you know, tweak the sound on it just to make it sound just right so that we can hear all the little small sounds. And, and I think, you know, as I get older, I mean, it's, it's no secret. We all start to kind of lose our hearing a little bit. And so I'm sure there's a little bit of that going on, but I do, I do like good sound. I do appreciate good sound, but I, I don't appreciate it as, you know, enough to, to throw $350 at something that that's all it does is just a speaker. So it's got to have a little bit more value. I don't think it's a very good value product right. right now. That's not to say that it won't be in the future. I'm not I'm 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 not going to say never put it that way. Right. I'm not going to say I'm never going to get one. It, it really is going to depend on if it's made to be a, a, a device that packs a lot more value into it. Right. Um, so, you know, barring all that, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today is like this episode is going to be a little bit about kind of like the, not necessarily the anti HomePod episode, but basically talking about virtual assistants that we already have. So, you know, we've already, you know, basically said that, nope, we don't plan on getting a HomePod, but that doesn't mean that we can't have fun with the stuff that we already have. Right. So, you know, think about the devices that you already have in your house. You talked about a couple of them. You have your, I don't want to say the, the special magic words, but you have the Echo. Echo. We can say Echo, right? In the Google Home, I have the, uh, I got the $30 one. Started up playing around with that a little bit during uh, Christmas. I haven't plugged it back in yet Again, to, to take a look, uh, play a little more. I don't see it having as much of the, of what the, what the Amazon does with their Echo. You know, one of the good things about the Echo is being able to Bluetooth connect to the speaker. I mean, you can Bluetooth connect right. to uh, with your Mac or with your iPhone or your iPad. And if you want to play Apple Music through it, then it works great. I mean, yeah, the speakers aren't bad. I mean, the Echo Plus was improved. I have, a, I have the first Echo, first edition, and then I have the Echo Plus, and I updated to that one. Uh, basically, what the Echo Plus did is it added uh, support for home home devices, home kit, uh, uh-huh. bulbs, and that kind of stuff. But it also, they did improve the speaker a little bit. Uh, but again, I mean, I can probably almost guarantee that the fact that HomePod's going to, that the, the, the sound is going to probably be pretty incredible. Um, and Do you think they're going to add HomeKit stuff to it eventually? I mean, that's where I think it's headed, but you would it think remains because, to be seen. You would really think because that, that market is just exploding. I mean, it's just incredible yeah. how much how much people are, are, are doing uh, all, the, all the home all the HomeKit stuff with bulbs and, and uh, with uh, 
uh, automated drapes and 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 automated all kinds of. I mean, yeah, you just go in the Apple Store. They they they'll, they'll demonstrate that for you. There's a, they have yeah. a simulated room to show you opening up uh, blinds and and your drapes and uh, the fan and and all kinds of other electrical items that. Uh, that I have that control. in my house, by the way. It's just it's called kids. Yeah. So I just. <laughs> hey, you go over there. Open yeah. up the drapes. <laughs> so there, there, there was a couple other good articles that we've got linked into the show notes from the Verge. Uh, some questions that you might. I wanted to ask about the HomePod. Um, See that? Well, that's why I wanted to pick your brain about. So you just mentioned two products that you have that are right. sort of kind of pitted against us. And these articles, you know, go a little bit more in depth about it. But I want to talk to you about it. Um, so you mentioned you have the you have the Amazon devices, and then right. you have one of the Google devices. But you just said eh, you were a little meh about the Google. I mean, is there a reason yeah. for that? I mean, it you'll just, tinker with it, but it just doesn't seem like it has a lot of things it can do right now. I mean, I just didn't. Uh, um, so you use your Amazon devices. You could use HomeKit. You can dim your lights. You can open your drapes. You can right. buy stuff. You can play music with it. Right. You can what? Can you get sports scores? Can you get weather? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. all that other stuff is there. I mean, it's just like searching Google with Google Home. Um, I mean, it, it just. I mean, for the for the Amazon, it all it does all that stuff. But then, right. what does Google do for you? It's gonna do basically the same same stuff i mean even even uh, uh i'm just looking at an article here that uh, they've added a thing called the new white built-in white noise feature so they're, they're they are continuing oh. to evolve it mm-hmm. um yeah look at it it's got the i, I should try that I, this is new i just clicked this article like a minute ago here and just, see uh, you learned this, something new listening just, to us talk <laughs> this, this just got up this was just posted today so today on the uh, cool. we're recording this on the 5th so of february i think you should spend some time pitting them against each other a little yeah. bit more and, well, and try I to push could, that I, google I know, I know somebody's done done actually like battles between them where you can oh keep asking that's them cool each one will ask itself something it, it's kind of funny well. That was the point of this episode that I wanted to talk to you about because I, I want people to be really critical and critically thinking about these products and how are you going to use them. And I think that the only way to really answer those kinds of questions for when the time comes, I'm I'm trying to prepare for the future. Like I said, I mean, right. I'm not going to say never, but if there ever comes a time where more value and, and it can do more things, then I might consider it, you know, especially depending on how finances go in the future. Right now, it's just really bleak. <laughs> but um, if, if they start adding more stuff into this, I think that we kind of need to train for it and be prepared for it for if we ever do want to do it. And and so I wanted to talk a little bit more about the stuff that we already have. Now, like I said, you mentioned you have uh, the Amazon devices and you have the Google devices. Right. But device, what about Google. the iOS devices that we have? Yeah, no, I mean, it at least the Amazon devices does work with your with your Apple devices as far as sound goes. But so can you beam sound from your iPhone to your Amazon device? Yes, yeah, you just okay. do it through you just do it through Bluetooth. Okay, that was what I was going to ask you next. So when you're I'm just going to say beaming, when you're beaming, you know, hey, play the take this song that's that's jamming on my iPhone and put it on my Amazon device or put it on my Google Home device, is it using Bluetooth for for it both is. of those items, I, I haven't. Okay. I have not done it with the Google Home. I've done it only with the Amazon. So, uh, but we know it's it's a Bluetooth connection, which Bluetooth, is interesting. Bluetooth connection. You can you go into the uh, the the A word app, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> I know we all have to do that yeah. now on podcasts because yeah. more and more of these things are ended up in people's uh, homes, so we can't say the trigger words. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and uh, you go into that app, and that's where you. Uh, you you get the device synced through through Bluetooth. Uh, get it uh, in Bluetooth mode, and, and then you sync it, and it, it remembers it just like any other Bluetooth Bluetooth device that you have uh, uh, okay. set up. So, uh, and what do you use the the iTunes Music app or Amazon yeah. Music? Uh, I don't, I have a Prime membership, but I don't pay for the unlimited music. So because uh, the I have an Apple Music uh, mm-hmm. uh, account, so I, those are all where my primary uh, subscription is, and. Uh, it uh, it'll play anything from from your Apple Music uh, the playlist and anything that's out on Apple Music for that matter. So yeah. say you're entertaining people and you're in your living room and people are starting to come over and you want to play some background music. You can whip out your iPhone yep. and tell your iPhone to play music using your Amazon device. Correct. Yep. So and it works like all sp- through Bluetooth. Now, one of like the things I heard somebody talking about on another podcast was um, there was a 
Well, I guess it was Marco Arment was talking about, he was yep. trying to talk about AirPlay 1 versus AirPlay 2. So part of the issue with the HomePod is that AirPlay is not yet available, but it's coming soon to right. a HomePod near you, basically. Right. And it's going to have Air, AirPlay 2. So I want to talk a little bit about what AirPlay is for people who are listening. Um, so this is not that. We're not talking about nope. AirPlay when we're talking about using an iOS device with an Amazon device. It's strictly using Bluetooth connection. Right. So... AirPlay, to my knowledge, is over Wi-Fi as opposed to Bluetooth. That's right. And what do you think about how those two compare? Like he was giving the example that um, the buffering is a lot better in AirPlay 2. And so say, for example, you're entertaining, you're the host, and like maybe you have to take out the garbage and you go outside of your home. Let's say you go outside of range. Supposedly with AirPlay 2, you can do something like that. You could, oh, I forgot something in my car, go run out to the driveway, get something out of your car, come back in, and it's not going to be, there's not going to be an interruption because you were streaming something from your iPhone that's in your pocket, for example. Um, If you're, so that's, that's using Wi Fi over Air for AirPlay purposes. But what about Bluetooth? What would happen? Because to my knowledge, like when I use Bluetooth earpieces, for example, I have to carry my phone around with me, which is why I ended up putting a lanyard on my case because sometimes I'll set it down and I'll have my Bluetooth earbud in my ear and I go out to the kitchen and like I go, there's a wall in between there where there's a microwave and all of a sudden it cuts out because it went without a range of that Bluetooth signal. Right. So I wonder those kinds of things, like how are they affected? So, well, I mean, it could be that, yeah, Bluetooth is great, but maybe AirPlay is better because it's well, Wi-Fi. Of course, and depends of course on- AirPlay is going to be better. I mean, even if you mm-hmm. sync to a device over any type of Wi-Fi technology, I mean, it's going mm-hmm. to go longer and farther. Um, this day and age, most of is the, most of the routers that you have and you're in your house, I mean, it's it's very easy to, to run through it, and, and it generally won't sound very bad at all. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Bluetooth is more limited. I mean, it's limited to a certain distance, so you can't just like what you experienced. You walked into a different room, and, and you... Uh, and you found that uh, the Bluetooth uh, uh, did drop off after time. So um, uh, after not after time, but after a little further distance away. Distance, from, yeah, from, when it went out of range. Yeah. So um, my experience with with AirPlay, I mean, just kind of define what AirPlay and AirPlay Two is. AirPlay is 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 a pure uh, screen mirroring. You're playing any AirPlay content, which would be photos, videos, music, anything can be AirPlayed to a device, and it, you AirPlay to a, and you can AirPlay to an Apple TV if you if you have an a airport express uh, uh, network device that you know, believe it or not Apple still sells and it's very outdated uh, you can you, you can, don't have to have one of those though because I can do you, that without it right you can have a I mean you can do that if you didn't have an Apple TV you could have an airport express and have oh right okay. speakers hooked yeah. up to it or, or yeah the little hockey pucks that are white those those right. are actually pretty valuable yet because you can hook up speakers and use airplay for those even exactly. if it's like a Maybe the the Wi-Fi technology isn't all that great and up to snuff because I don't think they have like N networks in them yet. I think they're older or something. The but new ones you can had, still repurpose them. Yeah, the new one, the newer Air, Airport Express ones did have uh, AC mm-hmm. uh, when you got the newer newer models. The first generation gen models, yeah, they were not AC. Um, but the difference between that and AirPlay Two, AirPlay Two basically is a, an improved format. But the, the biggest thing that it added, and they were having some challenges because it was originally announced at uh, WWDC last year in 2017. Uh, a lot of stuff had gone quiet with it, but uh, it wasn't functional in iOS 11.2. So iOS 11.3, which is now in beta, um, will mm. will officially support multi-room playback. So mm-hmm. that's the thing: is if you get multiple HomePods, you'll be able to go through airplay and be able to play through each one of the devices through different rooms uh, so that's one thing you can't do with bluetooth bluetooth is you're, you're connected to one device and one device only and that's it uh, but very unclear what's happening with the airplay 2 as far as its multi-room support we'll we'll find out uh, when uh, as a, they they release more information about the beta of 11.3 of ios and uh it should coincide with the release of HomePod, so I would venture to say that there would be some support uh, eventually. Uh, but like I said, this is a beta product, as far as I'm concerned. It's it's mm-hmm. you're still you're, you're still looking at new features that they haven't aren't, aren't going to have ready for prime time when it's released. You know, versus a Sonos. I mean, I don't have a Sonos, but Sonos is, is considered probably one of the 
one of the high-end and really good speaker systems, but you're also mm-hmm. talking about you're spending probably close to $1,000 for a sort of system like that. So, But it, it does do what it does, uh, what you want as far as multi-room playback. And and, and, and they said that Sonos may even, even support AirPlay 2 at some point as well. So Sonos is going to get smart and, and allow that to be supported. So yeah, them's going to be fighting words right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, with, with these speakers, it really is. I mean, that's, it, it's really the, the future of, of audio. I mean, it really is. I mean, people spending a lot of money. I mean, I have a home theater system down in my basement that I have with my 65 inch TV and, and it's an Ankyo uh, receiver and it, it's got uh, airplay and, uh, and uh, uh, support or, with it already. So, I mean, all, all of these devices are already realizing and recognizing that they need to support that technology because um, it, it just it it they just it just works and it, and the sound quality is is pretty awesome. So it's definitely a lot of fun to use, and and that's why I wanted to delve into this a little bit deeper. So I just want to tell you a little bit about kind of my setup because it's very sure. kind of uh you know low tech. I, I don't I don't know if I call it low tech, but I mean it's it's not very expensive. Put it that way. I mean I've pretty much over the years have collected things and cobbled them together. So and we have a very small house too. So that's another, another factor involved as well, but we have, you know, two TVs and then we have a stereo system that's in the living room. Like I said, we have this 5.1 surround sound system and it's pretty decent. You know, like I I said, my father-in-law was an audiophile and he made sure we had a a really good system when we first got married and, and had this, you know, moved into this home and everything. And we set it up and we have the sweet spot and everything like that. And I have it connected to, how do I have it working now? I'm trying to think of you know, this like delves into when we were talking about how we're like AV geeks, <laughs> you know, if you saw like all the me. wires and stuff that we have like in our home and, and all the things that are connected. But I know I've got it connected to the TV and I know I've got it connected to the Apple TV. And then I've got that connected to the surround sound. But then I went and threaded Ethernet through my walls, like through the because um, I have a very old house it was built in the 1940s. So you can <laughs> you can you can do those sorts 50s, of things. You can thread stuff through. Uh, the the air vents. So I threaded some Ethernet through there, and so I hooked up both. I have an old Apple TV, third gen, and a new one, a fourth gen, and I have those hooked up through Ethernet. And then I have that also, you know, obviously connected to the 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 router. And then I have an old Mac that I keep set up mainly for the purposes of like you know the kids use it occasionally for homework, but it's kind of old and slow. Yep. But I basically just use that for an iTunes server as, a, as like a media server. Sure. And then I can hang hard drives off of that. And we've, you know, burned DVDs over the years of, you know, we're kind of coming out of that. But we have little kids who, you know, when they were littler, they wanted to watch the same movies over and over again. So we had that going on. And now we just kind of have like theatrical stuff that we've burned. Plus then if anybody who knows me knows I take a lot of videos and a lot of pictures. So I've got, you know, tons and tons of home movies all on those hard drives too. And then of course those are backed up, but basically you can take an old Mac and set it up as a media server, like some, like, you know, a Mac that's really old. I mean, up until recently, and I'm still going to troubleshoot it. I was using an old power Mac G five for this purpose. And I recently migrated to a newer iMac, um, which is still not very new because it's 2009. It's as old as my youngest son, you know, (laughs) I mean, this stuff is old, but the point is, is that you can repurpose it and even if you're not going to go out and spend $350 on a HomePod, you can still make yourself a pretty decent home theater or home media center just by cobbling together old stuff and then go out and get, you know, whatever speakers, whatever sound system of your choice. It's like, you know, you mentioned if you are an audiophile and you are really picky about that sort of thing, but you can still cobble this together. And then on top of it all, you can still use, you know, Hey Phone Lady and you can you can use your the devices that you already have as right. personal assistants to, you know, say you wouldn't like tell it to do this, but you can use things like, and I, I put links to all this stuff in the show notes, but you can use a combination of the iTunes remote app and the Apple TV app to uh, play music to your sound system from your phone. But this is the cool thing is that it's not actually streaming it from your phone. So in other words, you can do other things on your phone. What you do is you use the remote app to tap into the media server that you set up. So that's what's cool about it is like between myself, my husband and the kids, everybody has an iPhone and we can all change the music if we wanted to. 
So we can kind of sort of play DJ. So it's kind of a neat party trick. Right. So you set up home sharing is, is the keyword here. Yep. You want to set up home sharing on an old Mac. You know, you log in through iTunes. You have iTunes running basically all the time. I have it set. So like, let's say if the if the old Mac, iMac had to reboot or we had to restart it or whatever, I have it set so the iTunes launches on startup. So that just, you know, basically the server just comes right back up again. I'm calling it a server. It's not, I don't know if it's technically really a server or not, but I've kind of, engineered it to be that way, so to speak. And so once that's running, you can use the iTunes remote app on any of your phones to play any music or even videos. You can use the video app or you can even, I think you can still, yeah, you can still use the iTunes uh, remote app. You just have to, you have to organize it on the front end. So you have to make sure that everything is organized in playlists and categorized and all that kind of stuff. And once you do that initial investment of getting everything organized, it makes it fun and really easy to be able to control it from one of those devices. And I just, we just have a lot of fun with it. I mean, I've spent years kind of cobbling it together and, and organizing it. Now the kids are starting to grow into their own musical taste. And so that we're creating playlists for them and they're starting to buy their own music and that's really fun. So I, yeah, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that and just, do you have anything in, in your house? Do you have a media server that you've set up? Have, have you home rolled anything? Well, I have the home sharing turned on. So when I do mm-hmm. have uh, my my laptop on, and um, it, it will sync my iTunes uh, library, and I've got probably sixty thousand songs sitting in my library. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, it. Uh, so you could play something. You oh, could absolutely. say, "Hey, phone lady," and have it play, and then stream it via AirPlay if you wanted to stream it from your phone, yep. or you could tap into your media library like that. Right. Yeah, I mean, home sharing is there too. I mean, because I am an Apple Music subscriber, everything is on there. So it there would be kind of pointless to, to do that for me. Uh, but I have both ways of being able to sync it. But I mean, that's what a lot of people are doing now is they're using these music services uh, and not having to maintain all of that extra, all yeah, extra space for other. Um, it is a lot of work. <laughs> and it's a lot of work too. Absolutely. I mean, I still, I still have iTunes match, which is the, 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 uh, the, the other service that's uh, allows you to be able that's to. still around. It's still around. Yeah. $25 mm-hmm. a year. And I, I still do it because I do, I do still find that I, I grab music, uh, you know, I, I do grab music uh, locally too. Besides uh, anything uh, that's on Apple Music, so but, but to kind of tell you where the trends in music is going, I mean, I was read the article the other day that the Best Buy is going to stop carrying CDs all hundred percent. Mm. I mean, I posted that on my Facebook a, a couple of days ago. I mean, this is where music's going. It's just uh, yeah. their, their CDs are physical gonna, media is going away. It really is. I mean, it, it, the the streaming services are are, are hot. I mean. The other our other discussion was as far as uh, Apple Music goes. They're saying Apple Music is is close to overtaking Spotify, and uh, mm, that's wow. that's pretty incredible feat as well. So I mean, not to get too deep in any of those discussions, but just just think about how 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 things are going when it comes to streaming media nowadays. And then I know a lot of people don't feel they want to spend the money on it, um, and a lot of people, you know, our age probably have. A lot of CDs that they 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 ripped, <laughs> yep. and, and I mean, trust me, I still have a a, a small section of uh, of a of a cabinet that I still have some CDs left. Uh, but I've sold off a lot of them too. I mean, I, and mm-hmm. I, you know, be, just because I'm I'm doing a lot of streaming of um, of music too. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's one of the nice things about these services where you'd be able to you you can you have any way you want to be able to consume music. I mean, same thing with Amazon Prime. I think Amazon Prime's got a nice service, but kind of redundant for me you know i'll continue to be a prime member to take advantage of all the other services including the the prime video which is pretty awesome to have you know i i decided to do a cord cutting for a while and we're just not watching a lot of netflix right now so i i i've shut off that account so um we're, we're seeing how that goes i mean and, and we, so where are you with your cord cutting do you still have a cable tv no, subscription everything else will keep i i cut i cut out the hbo i'm not paying for that anymore but i i just still i'm not ready to cut Record 100. percent I mean, comp- well, and you're also a sports fan too, so that makes it a little difficult well, for you. The, the sports, I, I don't. I mean, there was a sports package, but I stopped paying for it because realizing that most of the channels that they're offering for the extra 10 bucks a month are never channels I'll never watch, other than the mm. NFL Red Zone channel, which is gone for the season, so I can just turn it back on again at the when the, when the NFL comes back again. So, well, uh, this would be a good place to talk about the YouTube uh, TV yeah. app that you were telling me about. Yeah, I, I did a trial of this, and, and actually they were doing some – they were a big sponsor of the Super Bowl yes, uh, from uh, yesterday's game. Um, YouTube has a YouTube TV service. What 
basically has it has 40 channels of, of, of different channels that are out there, including all the primary networks, ABC, CBS, Fox, NBC. But they have other other channels too, like ESPN and um, uh, USA and, and some other channels. It's only it's really only about uh, 40 channels that you can get right now, but it's $35 a month. I mean, to have the local channels and you have it over the air cloud uh, DVR, which can record anything and it's unlimited, mm-hmm. uh, it's, that in itself is kind of... Uh, uh, a hmm. nice so you still have to use a DVR type of interface? Well, it's on. It's within the app, so you don't have to worry about it. Hmm. You can you can access the app whether it be on your on your computer on your Mac. It could be on now Apple TV, which was the big exciting announcement this uh, this past week. They they released a sorry to say for you, but uh, the, the hmm. fourth <laughs> gen is the only uh, version of the Apple TV it supports. So you download the app, allows you to sign in, and then of course you have the Apple TV hooked up to your your big TV. So um, it gives you the opportunity to be able to watch all these channels via your Apple TV, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which is which is which is great because now you're able to watch that. And then don't get this confused with the regular YouTube uh, website because it YouTube is still YouTube. I mean, they also well, there's have, a YouTube app, and then there is it called YouTube TV. YouTube TV, and then there's okay. also YouTube Red, which is another can, can be very confusing oh. to be confused with that. What the YouTube Red is 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 a service that you're paying for that includes music. And uh, it gives you premium music experience and uninterrupted YouTube, which is not, which is kind of nice. I must admit, you're I, paying I, to not watch the ads. No ads, and then plus uh, those those darn rascals they 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 announced turned off the background mode, so you can't you know before you used to be able to go out of the app and at least let it play in the background while you. Oh, well, that's gonna that, make a lot of teenagers mad. <laughs> they turn that off too, unless you have a YouTube Red. Uh, uh, Did they too. recently turn it off? Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, and so okay. Because my son will still open up a separate tab and listen to YouTube music in the background while he's got other stuff going on. You no, know, he if he must be using the browser then because uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, oh, so you're saying you could in, do that on in the, the TV? In, in the YouTube app on on a, on a mobile device, you could still listen in the background as well oh, as okay on TV yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, uh, but uh, the YouTube Red is is a pretty cool service too. That's up, but that's another ten bucks a month. So. Uh, and then you and that's have... within the YouTube app on uh, an Apple TV. So we're talking about on an Apple TV, there's right. two apps. There's one two apps. is just called YouTube right. and the other one is called YouTube TV. That is correct. And when you pay for a monthly subscription to YouTube Red, when you open up the YouTube app on your Apple TV and you just want to watch, you know, funny cat videos and stuff like Music that, if you paid course. for that subscription, you don't have to watch any ads before you can see that cat video. The big, the big, the big push for the YouTube Red subscription is the premium music experience. Uh, you can now you can because mm. there's a it's incredible. I've gone on YouTube and have every known piece of music is out there on YouTube now. Yeah, I just record stuff. So you can eat, the nice thing about it is you can listen to it uninterrupted as well as uh, it's ad. The other piece of it is the ad free stuff and on mm-hmm. offline you can you you now you can download stuff to work offline with that service. Ah, so when you're getting ready to go on a plane or something like that, but you can. There are two. There's there are two <laughs> separate services. Then there's another get a confusing part of it. You have the YouTube Red Originals, which is oh no, <laughs> which is like a network of different shows, so similar to what Netflix and Amazon is doing. Oh. Um, so these are original um, original uh, TV shows that they're they're rec- that you can only producing. see on theirs. On the YouTube Red Originals, right? You have to be a subscriber yeah. to that. So you have it. And that's another separate paid for service? No, that's including either one that's of the in- services. Oh, okay. With okay. YouTube TV or YouTube Red. Um, kind of so, like the same thing as Netflix or yeah. Amazon. And right now, YouTube Red also, you could subscribe to Showtime additionally for $11 a month. And there's a couple other channels that are available as additional networks in addition to the $35. And I wouldn't be surprised if they start signing on more networks as they go here because um, mm-hmm. uh, it, it creates more competition, honestly. But who knows? They could be getting pressure from the big the big ones like Xfinity, Comcast, and uh, mm-hmm. Time Warner and a lot of the other. Uh, yeah, companies. because of all of us cord cutters. Yeah, I mean. Because <laughs> I, I cut the cord uh, – I think either just before or shortly after my second son was born. So it's been, or no, it's been before that. I know it's been around a decade or more because he's eight. Yep. So yeah, it was before he was born. Cause I remember thinking like, Oh my gosh, we got another mouth to feed. We're going to have to really scale back on some of these, sure, these sure. costs. And so when we looked at it, you know, we, we chopped off the landline cause we weren't using that. And so we got rid of that. And right. then, uh, well, then this is interesting. So I might as well just fess up now. So <laughs> so I had cut the cord. I'm still a cord cutter. This is this is funny, though. I cut the cord and we just we only purchased an Internet service from our cable provider. And that was it. Right. And, sure. you know, that was more That's affordable. Normal. Now, of course, you're probably paying a penalty. You're probably paying more 
if you were to look at the individual things that are bundled individually, but I wasn't, I wasn't having any of that. I didn't want to bundle anything. I just wanted an internet service. So that's what we did. Well, then the prices started to inch up and inch up and get higher and higher. So finally I come, I squawked about it and, oh, well, if you bundle it with a TV plan, you can get HBO and we'll lower your bill. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know if I want to do that, but I really wanted HBO. So long story short, I ended up bundling the TV, like the basic, basic cable with the internet service to keep my internet bill down. Right. Okay. And I thought, and, and it also sped up my internet, which was nice. I got double, double the speed. And I thought, you know, I can justify that as a business expense because I need that for, for remote, you know, with my clients and stuff. So it seemed like a pretty good deal at the time. So I did it. And, but I, I'll tell you what, the box, the, I guess it has like a built-in DVR and all that kind of stuff. Like right. the box that you have to hook up to, to do that, it's still in the box. I have not hooked it up and it's been like three months. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm I'm still a cord cutter <laughs> because, you know, you know why it's still in the, in the box, Dave, because a long time ago I had set up a media center in our living room because the kids, I didn't want them like monkeying around with buttons and turning things sure. off and going after blinky lights. So I put everything into a cabinet and I, I ripped off the back of it. So it would ventilate and all that kind of stuff. And uh, having to use one of those TV boxes requires line of sight. And I'm not willing to do that. I don't want anything. I, I have it engineered so that the only line of sight item I have to deal with is the TV, just the TV. And that's like way up on top of it. So, I mean, it's easy, you know, it's just one, one beam that you right. have to point at it, but everything else is Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. So yeah. <laughs> that's why that box is just still, you know, that, that, that hookup is just still sitting in its box because I don't really have any desire to hook it up. I mean, I, I'm curious and I like to tinker and that's my only desire to look into it, but I don't want to watch commercials again. <laughs> it's bad enough just with Hulu and, you know, YouTube and things like that. And right. so, yeah, so there, where there's a will, there's a way you can always tinker with the stuff, but I thought it'd be interesting to, you know, delve into all the different things that you can do now and to train for the eventuality of having something like a home pod that will be a virtual assistant that acts like the other competitor devices. Cause I've always said, you know, you know, Dave, I mean, it's like Apple, they may be late to the game and stuff, but you know that they sit back and they take notes and they watch everybody else beta test everything else. And they say, aha, well, people don't like this about that device. And aha, this device fails on this consistently. And, you know, they sit there and they tweak it and they take their time and then they put out something that's, that's better than the other services combined. So that's what I'm waiting for. And I think eventually that will end up in either the HomePod or something like it. It'll, it'll be something like it. Maybe it'll be, you know, HomePod Pro. <laughs> There's always hope. Right, exactly. HomePod Hope. There, there you go. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's fun. You can, you can use the devices that you already have and, right. and get used to what life will be like by talking to your device. And so we put some, some links in the show note. Uh, one in specific I want to point everybody to is simply just Siri. I mean, there's a lot of people that overlook Siri and I think it's either maybe they have tried it and they got really frustrated with it and right. they didn't really take a lot of time to learn what the commands are that you're really supposed to say. And there's, you know, some alternate choices and things. Um, but if you click on the link for Siri and just kind of go through what all is available, you might learn that you can do stuff with it that you didn't think you could. So I would highly recommend that people take a look at that link. And then even if, um, say you don't want to click on the link and you don't, you don't want to read it, you can just read about it and learn about it right there on your phone by right. just saying, the command, you know, hey, phone lady, because we're not going to say what it actually is. <laughs> and all you have to do is just say help. And up will come a list of all right. of the different commands and things that you can say to Siri so that you can look things up. Um, we'll reiterate what we talked about on another episode that you can say, hey, phone lady, tell me, tell me the news or what's the news or something like that. And it'll recognize that you've, that you've, that you want to know what the news is and it'll open up. It won't open up like the podcast app. It'll give you the option to open up the podcast app, but it'll actually start reading to you what the headlines are, what the latest is from your chosen news source. And then the other cool thing is you can even use your voice to change your news source. So say if the default comes up to NPR and you want to change it to Washington post, you can do that. Right. right. So I, I, I've been using that. I've been trying to train myself to use that more because the thing is it's sitting there waiting for you to use it, but you like sort of kind of forget that it's there. And so you have to kind of, I wouldn't say force yourself, but you do have to kind of train yourself 
to start speaking to it and to start using those commands. And, you know, maybe say you're doing a task and you kind of stop yourself and think, hmm, could I do this with my voice instead of having to, you know, pull the phone out of my out of my pocket and actually, you know, interact with it in a touch sense. Um, I'm always challenging myself and this is going to sound silly, but you know, when I, and I hear other people say it too, like when you're in your bathroom and you're like brushing your teeth or, you know, maybe you're taking a bath or, you know, times when your hands are busy, if I'm doing stuff with the kids, there's, I have a lot of like hands-free moments where my hands are busy doing other things because I'm always doing stuff with the kids or driving or, you know, places like that. Now, of course, I caveat, I'm not going to recommend that you play with this while you're driving a lot if you can help it. But there there are times where I do at stoplights, I'll think of something or I'll be talking to the kids about something. And I do say, hey, phone lady, remind me to. And I use it a lot for reminders. I use it a lot for scheduling appointments. Um, it is it perfect? No, <laughs> it's far from perfect. But you can perfect it over time. You can get it pretty close if you work with it and you and you learn how to use it. One of the biggest things that I use it for is um, hands-free. While I'm driving, I like to listen to podcasts and I really enjoy using it to pause, playback, to rewind, to fast forward um, or switch podcasts or things like that. So mm -hmm. those are just a few of the things that, that I use it for. Are you using any virtual assistance as far as spoken commands go besides, I mean, with just iOS, the built-in kinds of stuff besides your other devices? Not really. I think uh, Siri's been pretty much my primary on my iOS device. Um, and then I'm just used to having the Amazon device too. For What do you use Siri the most for? Um, I'll ask it, uh, what, you know, websites looking for something, looking something up. Or I, you know, you also can, if anybody is aware, if there's specific apps you want to open, you can actually tell to ask her to can you open this app um i've i've, I've used that before yeah that's um, helpful so i mean th that's what's great about siri it's it just there's so much that you can do with it sports if you're interested in sports you can you can you can ask it uh it has uh tips and tricks you can you can explore some of those options and asking that so i mean it just it's endless and then that that link we have in the show notes is going to be uh uh, a great way to, to just start learning and understanding what, what it can do, you know, setting the timer. That's a big thing that really mm -hmm. helps a lot. Um, uh, and just, uh, integrating with other apps. Like if you use Lyft or if you use uh, Uber, you can say, Hey, Hey, uh, girl, get me a, get me a lift to, to an airport and it'll automatically start, you know, the process of requesting uh, that, that Lyft or Uber. Um, that's what I'm looking forward to at, at WWDC. Every time it comes up, I'm always looking for what's going to be the new Siri integrations. Right. Am I going to be able to use it with other apps? When, you know, when is that going to happen? So and, it's, and, it's happening. And then the other thing they added, which was kind of nice is, uh, the tap to edit because once it comes up and then sometimes it doesn't recognize what you say, you actually can type tap the edit button and make the changes using the keyboards. So then you can send it through and then do it, you know, go on its merry way for searching. Uh, so it, it, it does, uh, it does, uh, uh, do a good job of that as well. They've added that not too long ago. So, uh, that's, uh, but it's endless and it really is. I and mean, you can probably spend a half hour here talking about everything <laughs> it does all by itself here. Well, so we talked a little bit about, you know, what you can do with your voice. We talked about apps that you can use on your phone to control your media center and stuff like that. And I wanted to circle back around to uh, back to the TV again. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to talk about mirroring your screen you'd yeah. mentioned that before you were talking about with audio but what about with visual things yeah no uh, apple tv is an amazing device uh to use and, and you know with with my experience going in uh, when i went to uh, uh the jamf user conference last year that was a big huge discussion about apple yeah. tvs in the enterprise people are, are i mean there was a there was a business case uh, somebody came out and they actually integrated Apple TVs into the hotel rooms and you can go ahead and, and mirror your, your device uh, through the Apple TV and as well as uh, in, in, in the corporate enterprise, putting Apple TVs up and being able to mirror your device that way too. Uh, a lot of people are doing that now. So it's very easy to do it even at home. Uh, you know, you can do AirPlay mirroring with your iPhone, iPad or iPod touch and it comes up on the screen. You want to do a demonstration of something with your phone? Yeah, it's, it's great. It comes up on the screen just like you're looking at it uh, directly. Um, so we use that at home a lot. Yeah. And, I, and I'm and i trying to get my kids' school to use it a lot because every time you say uh, enterprise, I think education. <laughs> That's yeah, just where my brain education, goes. Those, those are the two big markets yeah. that, that Jamf works now, with. Now, so. you do have to be on the same Wi-Fi. Yes, you do. Um, what is it? The the same Wi-Fi network that you have to be on the same, like your device that That's you're correct. holding in your hand 
has to be on the same network as the Apple TV, correct? That is correct. But yes. is there a way that you can, through Jamf or like installing profiles, is there a way that you can put them on other networks that don't necessarily, or is there just, it really works through Wi-Fi, doesn't it? It works we're through Wi-Fi. There really isn't any other way, other than if you created a, a closed network, you could do that too. Mm -hmm. uh, but that would kind of defeat the purpose of it because um, you still want the device to be able to uh, get on the internet. So if, if there's if yeah, there's internet connectivity, that's... then you would have to still be on either the Wi-Fi for uh, another Wi-Fi or you wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, you, it, it just, you, yeah, you, you definitely need to be on the same Wi-Fi network. Uh, and so it works really well in the home, I think, because, you know, you don't really have many other choices. Like in enterprise, right. you could have a lot of other Wi-Fi networks yeah. for whatever reasons. But at home, you know, typically you've got your one network. Now, you know, in my case, I have two different bands, but it still works just same the here. same. Um, we use it a lot within our family to, you know, I call it projecting, it's air playing, you know, you're mirroring your screen up right. on the TV. Now we don't have a, you know, blazingly huge TV, but it's like a 40 inch. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a decent sized television enough that when we're all sitting in the living room together, we can all look up and, and everybody right. can see it, you know, cause we have it up high up on top of the cabinet. And, uh, recently we've been using it for, I told you last time we were taking this phone wise course sure. and, and that's basically just, I mean, this is a very simple, uh, example of how you can use it, but we were taking a course that involved just using Safari, just using a web browser. And it was, you know, formatted enough, nice enough that all I had to do was open up on my iPad and I chose to use an iPad just because it was a bigger screen at the time, but you can do this on an iPhone just as well. Uh, so I opened up the website and I, I airplayed it to the TV screen using our fourth gen Apple TV. And it is nicer on a fourth gen. It's a much faster, more stable connection, oh, whereas no the question. third gen was a little flaky. So yep. yeah, definitely have to put that out there that you got to, you know, the, the newer devices do have their merit for that kind of stuff. A lot more stable. And uh, so I could scroll through the website and we could read the words. I can zoom in on things and right. make it even bigger. I mean, really, you can read the text from across the room. And the type of course that we were taking at the time has videos that are embedded in it. And so you could just play the, the video. Now, occasionally, depending on your internet speed or, you know, other factors, sometimes it's a little glitchy. It's not a completely perfect scenario, but it's pretty darn good. Yeah. I mean, it's a really, really great way to interact with, an, you know, a big group of people. So, oh, if, you know, I'm talking about a family setting. You can just transfer this information and imagine it as, you know, a corporate setting or a small learning uh, uh group of people that are you're trying to demonstrate or give information to. And so this was just one example of using just a browser, just a website that I was projecting and that we were interacting yeah. with it. There was then um, within this course, then there were links that we would tap on. And then that would open up, say, like a PDF page. And then that PDF page, and this is where it got really fun, that PDF page had forms that you could fill out. So you could actually um, open it up and say, you know, like the PDF reader or an iBooks or in, in my case, I was using um, the PDF, what is it called? PDF Pro or something yep. from Riyadh. I was using that PDF to Expert. actually on, on the screen, it asked questions. There was a questionnaire and as a family, we were answering the questions together and I was actually filling out the form on the screen and they could see everything that I was typing or tell me, you know, what to put here, what to put there. Right. There was a series of check boxes. I mean, it was just a really immersive, really, you know, interactive experience. And, and that was just using simply an iPad to an Apple TV yep. with a web browser in between. So you can only imagine, you know, you can play games this way. You can demonstrate apps if you're trying to train people. Um, I put some links to some apps that I really like to screen share. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to pick just two or three of those. Um, one is Paper by 53. The app is just, it's called Paper. If you That's do great. a search for these, you'll find them. You can, obviously, you can click on our links there in the show notes. Um, this is a drawing art app. So let's say you wanted to paint something. And if you airplay it on your television, it's it's almost as if like you're a painter on a big canvas. Yep. So I think that's a lot of fun because there's paintbrushes and you can do watercolors and all kinds of stuff with that. And then another one that's a little bit more simpler, maybe a little more fun for little kids. It's just called My Blackboard. And it basically would transform your television set into a blackboard. You can have a green board, a, a, a traditional black blackboard. You can have different colors, chalk. You even have um, – it's really cool when you play around with it. Now, I, I bought uh, the in-app purchases to get rid of the ads, yeah, but they're not really that invasive. But it's 
it, I recommend getting the in-app purchase. Um, and then, you know, you can play tic-tac-toe, you can do all kinds of stuff with this. But what I have found that personally really handy is for when my kids are learning handwriting and you want to be able to have something that has lines on it so you can draw the alphabet or, you know, if you're teaching them cursive, so you can actually see the letter forms being formed right there on the screen. That's so. Great. That was really, really handy. And then the last one that I just wanted to mention, um, I've mentioned it before, it's called Recolor. And that was just really fun because it's a very meditative kind of app. It's basically like an adult coloring book, mm -hmm. but it's for all ages. And there's all kinds of things that you can color in it. And that one I put on there because um, we have a little bit of time left. I just wanted to say real quick, um, I put a link to it. It'll be in the show notes. Um, I posted something on my Instagram about how I use guided access as a parenting tool. Yeah. Um, so not only can you airplay and share the recolor app on the TV screen using the airplay technology to, you know, do like a coloring just for fun and, and, and just to kind of meditate and calm yourself down. Um, I also use it to, my kids are really little yet, especially my little, little one doesn't have a lot of impulse control and I don't want to keep changing his actual iPhone password. So what I do sure. is I just lock him using guided access and that's in the settings. And I have a link to how you can set that up. Uh, you just basically set up guided access and I'll say, okay, you know, I open up the, the recolor app. I turn on guided access. I make sure he can still lock it and he can still change the volume buttons and the mute and that sort of thing. Uh, but he can't go to like any other apps. All he can go to is the recolor app. And I like it because even though there are some ads, they're very kid friendly and I've looked at them and I've, you know, heavily vetted it and I don't think they're too invasive. Um, but it's a good app that he can use to kind of calm himself down and he, and I don't have to worry about him watching YouTube videos <laughs> that he should be watching and things like that. And so I just wanted to share that because that's how I'm using guided access as a parenting tool. And I'll have a link to um, a picture and a demonstration on that in the show notes. So that's why I wanted to point to two reasons why I wanted to point to the Recolor app. So those are all the apps that that I wanted to share today about uh, screen sharing and stuff like that. Did you have anything else that you wanted to, to chime in about AirPlay and screen yeah, I, sharing and assistance? Actually, no, I, I wanted to, we had, you had that one topic in here about the uh, control center. Can we want to touch on that a little bit quick before we? Oh yeah. That was a tip that I wanted to share. Um, yeah. I don't know. Do you ever use this? Um, oh, I've had occasion to use it a lot. So when, and this is one of the things that you demonstrated. I remember when, right. when it first came out and you were so excited to show me and I was like, oh, that is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> so in the settings app, you go to settings and then you head on over to control center and there, there's now, it used to just say access within apps, but now it says customize controls. So you can tap on that and it'll give you a list of all of the different apps and services that you can put right there in your control center. Now, when we say control center for people who might not know, that's where you swipe up from the bottom. And I work with seniors and let me tell you, this is kind of a difficult skill to achieve for people who are not familiar with it. So it really takes some practice. You really should watch, maybe we should find some demonstration videos on how to do it, but it's about where you place your finger on the glass. Now I'm going to talk about how you do it on an older iPhone, iPhone 8 plus on backwards. You start by putting your finger on the glass at the bottom, if you have a screen with a white front, it would be where the white border is. If you have a screen with a black front, it would be where the black border is just to the left or the right of the home button. And you swipe upward and you keep your finger on the glass. You don't lift it up. You keep it on the glass the whole time as you swipe up. Mm -hmm. And all of those yep. icons and things, that's the control center. Those are all the things that right. you can control right from that screen there. And then when you're in settings, what you can do is you can add or minus apps that you want to see on there. And one of the things that you can put in there is the Apple TV remote. Right. So instead of having to go and swipe through pages or I used to keep the Apple TV remote app on my front page, but maybe you, you know, have other places you, you want to put it. Maybe you don't want it on your front screen, for instance, you can add it to your control center. And so now all you have to do when you want to control your Apple TV is to swipe up from the bottom. And if you've added it, there's now a little a little icon that looks just like the top of the Apple TV. It has the little Apple TV logo and the, and the TV behind it. And you just tap on that and it will connect directly to your Apple TV. Now, one little caveat, though, it's only for the fourth gen on up. It does not work. I found this out the hard way. It does not work 
with the older gen devices. So for my, for example, my third gen Apple TV, it doesn't work with that. I still have to go and open up the Apple remote app. I know it's like first world problem, right? Mm-hmm. But I still have to go and get that app and open it up and then I then I can use it. But, you know, if you've if you've moved on and you have the Apple fourth gen and, and you have a couple of those, you'll see them line up in a list there. So that's really fun. Now you have an iPhone 10 though, Dave. So how do you do that on an iPhone 10? Yeah, uh, the same way. I mean, you uh, swipe from the right corner of, of an iPhone 10 and uh, it brings up the uh, uh, the control center. And my Apple TV app is, is there already. And then I can... Uh, I already see right away that I can uh, pick, choose my two different uh, codes. And you know, the nice thing too, is I put, I put security on my Apple TV. So like right when I went to launch my, um, the one that's in my office, it it has an authentication code that I have to type in. So it's kind of like two factor authentication. So there's no, no rogue remote can just come up. Right. And that's really handy in a classroom because you don't want other kids connected to the Wi-Fi hijacking the screen and putting what they have on their phone. Exactly. So, and, and the cool thing about this app is it does, it does, it, it does simulate the, the Apple TV uh, remote because it's got the touch uh, and then you can move around, which I like a lot. Um, mm-hmm. it, it does work real well, too. I also, uh, on a little bit of a different topic, I wanted to make sure I mentioned, too, is we, uh, and I've talked about this in a previous episode, is the uh, the screen recording. Uh, yes. Uh, we, uh, my, my phone's freaking out here, trying to get it out here. Uh, make sure that, you, I mean, that's, that's probably one of the best things to go in and do the customization by adding uh, that in there. And basically, as, as you said, we go into settings and then under control center and then you customize controls. That's where you're going to add. So I have my Apple TV remote as well as uh, adding screen recording and changing the order to how you want them to be viewed. They, they, they did a great job with this control center. I still have to get, I'm still trying to get used to it a little more with the Apple TV because it, you, I was so used to swiping from the bottom. Uh, but I'm, I've, I've got more used to it with the 10 because the 10 is it's up at the top, uh, top right corner that you swipe down on. Uh, versus uh, where the control center is on other the older devices where you swipe from the bottom up, um, but uh, oh, so you're saying it's which corner now on an iPhone 10? It's on the f- the right corner of the of the phone when you're looking at the top or the, the bottom. Top at the top. Oh yeah, that's like the opposite. <laughs> exactly, you're going from uh-huh. top top right corner from bottom. So, but and you have to make sure you get your finger there in the corner because if you don't, then are you going to get notifications? No, no, it would, no, because I'm going right to the the very far right corner because the notifications I just drag from uh, where the 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 you know the the lip at the top you know uh huh yeah the speaker grill the area grill, yeah you 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 can easily get it get to it uh, uh, very easily it's it it's easily accessible but you know what it's also forced me to because with the iPhone 10 you have to you, you have to swipe from the bottom uh, up to to close to close out apps and uh, windows so. Mm, yeah, that takes some muscle memory to get used to, huh? Yeah, so yeah, if you had an iPhone 10, yeah, you probably would be uh, <laughs> take a little, little bit of a time to to learn it. So, um, well, I would be thinking about okay, now how in the world am I going to teach this to my seniors? <laughs> yeah. are, are they buying the iPhone 10? That's the question. No, I, no, not yet. That's why I have a little while. I have a little while. I shouldn't say that. No jinxing. No jinxing. No. You're not allowed to get an iPhone 10 keep, yet. <laughs> keep keep recommending the eight. Eight's fine. Oh yeah, well that's that's what a lot of them have is the either the six plus, the seven plus, or the eight plus, or you know any variation in between. Right. Um, but yeah, it's 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 difficult to try to explain to somebody just where to put your finger on the screen to get at this thing. But once you do, it is really really the control center is a really really handy place to get at stuff really quickly because it's all there and you can customize the order of what stuff is in there. Especially, yep. um, I have to mention it since we're in here is do not disturb. I am constantly teaching my seniors about that moon. I almost kind of maybe I should like disable it, but it's too important of a feature to disable. I mean, I want people to learn how to use it, when to use it and make sure that it's not enabled when you're trying, when you're waiting for a phone call from a doctor. So it's, it's, it's a really important place to point your eyeballs is on the little moon and make sure that that's not enabled when you don't want it to be enabled. Yeah. As long as they set it to, you know, usually this default time is from 10 PM to 7 AM. So um, it should. No, they turn it on by accident. (laughs) Do they turn it on all the time? Yeah. They're never going to get calls. They monkey around (laughs) in the control center and they don't realize that they've tapped it is the problem. Oh boy. Yeah, it's, you know, it's just one of those life lessons that, you know, you just have to learn. It's part of being a digital citizen. This is true. 
So, wow, what a great show. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up and, uh, and wish, yeah, let's wish, put we, a bow on it. We've, uh, we've really packaged up a lot of useful information, I think for yes, people. We did. So with that, I thank you for listening and we hope you are more in t- more in touch with iOS after hearing this episode, subscribe to our podcast in your favorite podcatcher and show your friends how to find us on Apple podcasts on, or you can also find us on the Google play store and on Stitcher radio, which I'm pretty excited about that we're on Stitcher now. And uh, we look forward to bringing you more useful information in future episodes. I'm David Ginsberg, and, and I can be follow, you can follow me on Twitter at DaveG65. And I'm Melissa Davis, and you can find me online all over at The Mac Mommy. And stay t- tuned and subscribe for future episodes, and thanks for listening. <laughs>